0: Welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Seth, and I'm Zach, and we are uh the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. But I, yeah, I don't know why I uh I owed uh, there. Like it's, I'm try, I, I, it's funny. I think I am trying to. I feel like I'm trying to set myself up for something greater, but at the end <laughs> of the day, I'm what could still be just greater, your brother?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what could be greater than the Classic Gaming Brothers, though? <laughs>
0: I, I but Perhaps I don't know Modern Gaming Brothers <laughs>
1: The Modern Gaming Brothers? Yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> Far Far less Far less classy Or classic Yeah And but... uh Far more All they do is uh Talk about uh Call of Duty That's right <laughs> I mean, Nothing wrong with Call of Duty Call of Duty it's It could be a fun game Anyway But yeah Anyway Uh <laughs> So this is another episode of uh, Classic Gaming Brothers, episode 7? Um, uh, eight. 8, episode 8. Sorry, for some reason I thought I was back in time. So Zach, why don't you uh, take us away with what you've been uh, playing recently?
1: Yeah, so recently I've been playing Doom VFR for the uh, PSVR, um, which has been pretty fun. I'm not super far in it yet, because I'm still kind of getting uh, acclimated to it, uh, to the uh, controls Acclamated. and such acclimated to it yeah one of i made it i'm still getting used to the controls and um uh so doom vfr it's different than the normal uh doom 2016 game uh, in terms of storyline um you're not like playing through the full 2016 game in vr it's an entirely different story uh but you're playing as a guy who gets killed off pretty quickly at the beginning of the game and then your body is put into this uh like chassis for maintenance robots and then you gotta go kill demons Um,
0: to to explain like the vr mechanics
1: yeah exactly um so one of the vr mechanics in the game is it's a point to teleport um which took a little bit of time to get used to but um this game makes it incredibly smooth in the sense that they actually use it for combat. So um, mm. in in Doom 2016, you have the glory kills where if you shoot something enough, it'll start glowing, and then you can do a pretty brutal takedown of the creature. Right. Where in this game, you can um, use it to telefrag, um, a la uh, old games like uh, what was a Quake and stuff like that back in the day. Um, oh, yes yeah. yes so you just teleport into the into the demon and it didn't kill it that way this um, is there,
0: does there a guy come over the uh, the mic and is like tele kill or
1: like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sadly no which would have been very exciting um, like a good
0: quake uh, quake kind of thing
1: to, 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 uh, the to go along with buying the game I also picked up a PS aim a playstation aim which is a controller type for the PSVR it looks like a rifle um yeah (laughs) and and that helps the that helped the uh that helps the gameplay um in my opinion um it's very smooth in terms of how the how the uh rifle like movements react to the in-game movements of your character's gun Uh, makes it very satisfying to shoot demons
0: uh, how do, uh, so what is the it's vfr what's the um what's it what's the vfr stand for
1: so it stands for very word that i probably shouldn't say <laughs> Then reality
0: oh oh i got you so because it's, it's vr with the it's doom so there's yeah it's it. it's <laughs> doom <laughs> yeah okay, yeah that's fair it's almost kind of like um what's his, like duke nukem kind of yes kind of yeah duke nukem type of uh attitude i guess yeah i think takes itself a little more
1: seriously than duke Nukem. well i mean considering doom gave us the bfg that's um, true that's um, true i think i think it is kind of big more in in line
0: freaking gun that's right (laughs) that's right you can fill in the blank
1: yes so yeah and that's been pretty fun um anyway what what have you been playing
0: so i in fact went and bought the white door when it came out when oh, yeah. i talked about it uh when i was excited about it in episode seven which uh-huh. was the last episode um and it came out uh i bought it for uh three dollars and uh 40 cents and which is uh, a pretty reasonable price it was actually on sale i think it was on sale for like 15 percent a 15 percent or something like that um so it's a uh I didn't know it, yes, it is on sale 15%, so it's going to MSRP at $3.99, and I bought it for $3.39. Oh, nice. Um, I didn't actually know it was done by the Rusty Lake developer until I bought it. Um, Are you familiar with Rusty Lake? Not really, no. So, Rusty Lake makes a bunch of adventure games on the android and they're like escape room type of adventure games oh okay um they do like i think there's like the cube and stuff like that and there's like the lake and the river they're all named after like locations that you can go to it's like the cabin the lake and you're trying to get out of these locations and they have really it's a weird kind of uh trippy storyline so fortunately I played a little bit of before playing the white door I'd been really confused because the storyline goes right along with that kinda trippiness where you play in this uh, you play this guy who's uh, having some memory issues and he's kinda trying to remember his issue remember his memories and and he's he doesn't have any color and he's trying to get like color into his life and you help him develop that color and um, it's very like drawn graphics it's cute it's fun Uh, if you don't if you haven't played the rusty lake stuff i recommend checking out their like eight other games before playing this one most of their games are actually free or at least easy to get on the android or google play or whatever mobile store you use Um, just look for like Rusty Lake games, check them out first, see if you like it before you spend any money with them. And then if you like it and you enjoy that type of style game, I recommend picking up the white door. If you don't like it, then just pass it along. Yeah, that sounds good. But it it ran me about, I don't know if I meant it took me about two hours to beat. So it was a pretty quick play through. Yeah. so So you can
1: definitely play that in one sitting.
0: Absolutely. Um, there are achievements. So there's secret things that I didn't get all, so I could go back and, replay and try and get those um achievements to get it to be oh, like 100 percent experience but uh <laughs> i've got some uh, other stuff kind of on my plate right now so i probably won't actually get back to the game and i don't know if i'll ever get back to the game but
1: there's that um well to get into the kind of uh meat of our podcast for today last week we we uh, talked about the sega genesis and our memories growing up with it, um which was um uh, seth and my first video game system um and, and we made mention of the fact that we did have a nintendo growing up we had yes. the, the original nintendo the nes the uh, or NES. the nintendo NES. entertainment system that's right um and uh, we got that after we had the sega genesis so um we're going to talk a bit about that today and uh seth what are some of your memories of the nes i think if i if i remember correctly i think we got it from like a church tag sale or something we did we did it yeah. was
0: used at from a turks a church a turks a church i don't even know <laughs> was a church yeah it was used from a church tag sale um and it was definitely purchased um, well after we had a Sega Genesis, and yeah. our, our parents were kind of proponents of only having one game system in the house, and they bought us a Sega Genesis, so they weren't going to buy us a Nintendo or a Super Nintendo. Um, we played Super Nintendos at our, um, our aunt's and our friend's house, and, uh, but the, the tag sale, was the Nintendo was cheap, so by that time, the games were already old because yeah. it was a church tag sale so they were uh, getting, it, someone was putting it up for sale and we ended up I think getting a couple of games with it and I don't think we we may have picked up one game later but yes. um, we I I remember stark disappointment because one of the games that we got was uh, Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link <laughs> and it came in the gold cartridge now um but legend of zelda the original well the original nintendo game that came out in 1986 also came in a gold cartridge and when i went over to one of my friends house when i was uh, younger than the time that i was when we bought this uh entertainment system uh, they, I play, I watched him and I played a little bit of the original Legend of Zelda. So then, when we bought this Nintendo Entertainment System that came with a Legend of Zelda cartridge, or at least a gold cartridge to my mind, I said, oh, this is great. This is the game, or maybe a sequel to the game. And then we booted up, and let me tell, you, if you're not familiar with Zelda 2, of the, the Adventures of Link, it's a fine game. It's just not The Legend of Zelda. If you're expecting Legend of Zelda, you are not going
1: to get that with Zelda 2. Right, yeah. (laughs) It's a very different game than The Legend of Zelda. Yes. In all fairness for Nintendo, it was the second Zelda game, so they were probably just trying to, like, throw stuff at the wall and see what stuck. (laughs) Just like, hey, we got it right the first time. Let's see if this one works. Hey, hey, that one doesn't work. Um, So.
0: Yeah, The Legend of Zelda is a, if you're, for some reason not familiar with the classic original um, game, The uh, Legend of Zelda is a game that's like top-down view. You play as a character, name whatever you want, but his name is Link, and he um, (laughs) is trying to rescue a princess, being held captive by um, an evil person who I believe is still Ganondorf in the the original. Um, And you're given a sword by a wizard a la Merlin who goes take this. That's the iconic scene of take this and it will help you along with your quest and you you hold up the sword and you go out and you fight bad guys top down view and you gain powers to be able to throw your sword. Zelda 2, that is not that game. Zelda 2, you still play as Link or whatever you wish to name your character and it's a side scroller where you have to navigate the map and side every time you do like an encounter or a dungeon you have to side scroll your way through it um stabbing things in front of you and sometimes like if you have enough magic you can shoot a little bit of a sword in front of you
1: It's good. It's alright.
0: I mean it's fine. It's fine for what it is.
1: <laughs> it's a different game. It definitely if you were going into it expecting the first Legend of Zelda game, you would probably be a little disappointed. <laughs> yes, which is what I was. So don't yes. no
0: flack no flack at me. Um actually uh I think it was what's interesting is the difference between how Nintendo and Sega sold their games. So mm. I remember Sega; their games came in like plastic VHS kind of cartridges. Yeah, and the it, they're almost like almost like souped up DVD cases,
1: almost like they were. Just yeah, like clam b- clamshell kind of. Yeah, clamshells.
0: Cases. And but the Nintendo they sold them in like cardboard boxes with like plastic sleeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stored yeah. them in like a a specialty nintendo storage system
1: yeah okay. and and a lot of the i mean one of the reasons why even today boxed nes games are are considered sometimes a little more expensive or more rare than unboxed ones is because most of the time people just threw out the box because it was cardboard <laughs> so right right where, yeah. where you want to do that with the sega because the the sega car, car boxes were all really nice plastic and hard plastic and they look nice yeah. on your bookshelf
0: yeah, and destroyed the environment if you threw them out instead of exactly. Yeah. The other games that we were that we received with that original box purchase or container purchase that we bought with uh, the the original Nintendo's Entertainment System was Super Mario Bros. slash Duck Hunt, and um, maybe that might have been where we also got Airwolf because I don't think our parents would have bought Airwolf.
1: I don't know why parents would bias Airwolf, considering we never watched the TV show that Airwolf was well, apparently I think it based just on. came
0: with the original. I think I think it came as a set of three games and the system. So, um, so we can we can do we we could talk about Airwolf because I think we're we got more stuff. I think there's a lot more to talk about, but when it comes to Mario versus Airwolf,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I the only the thing best. I know about the only thing I know about Airwolf at least. From my recollection, was that it was a helicopter game, which Um, is funny
0: because we also had Desert Strike and Jungle Strike. We had a lot of helicopter games fighting terrorists
1: for for two for two children who were obsessed with trains. We had a lot of helicopter based video games. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We had no train based video games. no, No train games until like Lego Loco, but um
0: do you have like a lie i'm just thinking about that oh, okay. <laughs> um
1: anyway uh yeah in airwolf it's like a it's not really like a i think it's like kind of like a flight sim of sorts um it looks to based on looking at the descript
0: like the pictures and the images of it to me it just looks like some precursor to like a desert strike type game yeah it came out in 1985 I mean. um and the uh Legend of Zelda came out in 86. Uh, Zelda 2 The Adventures of Link came out in 87. So the Nintendo Entertainment System is an older system to the Sega Genesis, since the Sega Genesis is actually really competing against uh, SNES, which is the Super Nintendo system.
1: Yeah. Um, but in, in, then we have, yeah, we, of course, we had the Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt game, and then we eventually got um, Super Mario Brothers 3. Um, for the system which came out in 1998 originally which i remember to be a really fun game for some of the secrets that you could find um, such as in one of the castles if you use the tail power to fly you can fly up above the like level and there's actually a a secret doorway up there that will give you the flute so that you can skip worlds yeah Um, kind of a way to jump around in the game which was all which was fun to discover i mean back then well, we had a computer that I don't know if it could access the inter- I mean it could access like Netscape. Um, but back then finding like secrets like that wasn't as easy as it was nowadays where you have YouTube or or uh walk through, you know, videos and stuff like that. There wasn't anything like that back when we were playing the NES.
0: Right. And and actually that there was a there was a large market for like uh strategy guides that you could have to physically purchase. Every, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was that? There was a company that did it um street i don't know it started with a p i think or something i i don't know yeah yeah a, i know what you're talking about yeah there was, there was definitely a strategy guide company that made like strategy guides that you purchase um but uh yeah i liked that i liked being able to find those and you could actually they had that um in mario uh in uh, super mario bros they had a similar yeah. type of uh there was that where you could go above the world and go to the different pipes. Right, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, and then you could skip um, ahead to different worlds. I think Mario's always had like kind of like a skip system built into it. And but then you get I feel like then you don't have the natural progression and then you you you're like overwhelmed by the difficulty of the level.
1: Oh yeah, especially with Super Mario Three where if you get to the last world, world eight You go into these levels where the whole world is like the whole level is constantly moving. There's all these tanks, and all the tanks are shooting like bullet bills and and these cannons at you all at once, and you have to like dodge them crazily. So like if you don't have any lives stocked up because you skipped a whole bunch of worlds, you're you're sol. You know you're (laughs) you're gonna lose pretty quickly. Right. Um, Right. So it's you know hit or miss if you if you wanted to use the chance. But it was it was cool to. To be able to discover those cheats because that was kind of like finding something unique. And I think it also helped you could get to a
0: world that maybe if you were not that good of a player, of Mario, then you could see a world that you would maybe never see. Yeah, exactly. Or get past a certain point except yeah. maybe through these cheats. So uh, um, I, did, I did appreciate that Super Mario Bros. came with Duck Hunt. And I feel like Super Mario Bros, and I feel like this with most of the Super Mario series, is that it's difficult enough that it doesn't necessarily have to be a super long game. It's just hard Hmm. enough so that you never get past a certain point, so then it feels like it's indefinite.
1: Yes! (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Yeah, that's very true.
0: It goes on forever. It may be only eight levels, but if you can't get past level six, it doesn't matter, right? At the end of the day, like... Um, that's what I definitely remember with Super Mario Bros. I remember clearly the first level being able to beat that without any issue. Then the, uh, the underground level. And that's the level that you can get over and get to the pipes. And then you could get to, um, I'm trying to remember like a world. So I'm trying to not blend the two Super Marios together. So then in Super Mario Bros. you could go, I don't think you can go to a... Fish World. I think Fish World was Super Mario Brothers 3.
1: Well, there there was like underwater levels in Super Mario Brothers. Um but in the original one, but there was yeah. also um at least for me the level that used to always screw me up was you'd get to this one level and it had the the Lakitu he's called. He looks like a little guy in a cloud and he yeah. throws these red spiny creatures at you that you can't jump on anymore and he just chases you the whole level throwing these guys at you and you have to like sprint to the end of the level because the the, the time is slightly less than it should be and it's yeah. like everything is awful and it's like you're going through like these you know nice you know evenly paced levels in the beginning then you skip a bunch of them and then you're in like anxiety ridden you know <laughs> crazy everything being thrown at you um, Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember
0: that level. I re, yeah, I definitely remember those spiky things falling from the sky. As, yeah, that but then on uh, if you were getting sick of playing um if you were getting sick of playing Super Mario Brothers, then you had the option to playing Duck Hunt. Yeah. Which, um, uh, and Duck was Hunt was really game. cool. So, yeah, so Duck Hunt you had to play with the um light gun. And I don't know if a light gun would work with Uh, modern day tvs they
1: don't so they they, there has been some um recent innovation in attempting to get light guns to work with modern tv but they mostly involve using um arduinos and like onboard processors and stuff like that so right now the technology is just a little too expensive to mass produce um because for for people who don't know the way a light gun works is it's a fairly simple process um the gun is hooked up As like a controller to the system and when you when you pull the trigger um, it actually flashes the screen for a split second black except for the item that you're supposed to be shooting which will appear as a white square and the gun looks for that white square and when the light is detected by the gun's sensor then you get the point so the reason this worked on CRTs is because CRTs have a faster refresh rate than modern televisions did. So when you pulled the trigger, it would be an instantaneous click. Whereas if you're playing on a more modern TV and LCD screen or something like that, there's actually a slight lag on um, using older hookups and such. And it just it's not as precise as it was on a CRT back in the day. So um, the, the lag makes it pretty much impossible to... Get the gun to respond properly,
0: but our modern day TVs don't emit radiation such as the CRTs did.
1: Also, our modern day TVs don't weigh a bajillion pounds. Uh, <laughs> That's <also> so. true. <laughs> so, th- there are definitely pluses. Um, <laughs> and nowadays, yeah. we have VR. So, <laughs> <laughs> sure
0: you can play Duck Hunt. In, I'm sure you can play Duck Hunt in VR.
1: There's actually there's actually a game called Duck Season, which is like a Duck Hunt in VR game that has like has like a horror twist to it. Um, where like the, the dog like comes to comes to hurt you if you if you shoot him sort of thing.
0: Oh, that's that's terrible! Shoot the dog.
1: Yeah, because so in duck hunt in, in in duck hunt there's the the dog who fetches the ducks, and if you miss the duck, he laughs at you. He
0: laughs at you, yeah, 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 yeah. But and it's annoying. But you can't shoot the
1: dog. But you can't shoot the dog in the original game. So in this game, duck season, you can shoot him, and if you do shoot him, he will come and haunt you. <laughs>
0: oh nice is that is that on steam or i
1: think you know, it might be on steam yeah it's a vr it's, game uh,
0: maybe um, uh, something i'm gonna look up immediately and <laughs> yeah <laughs> play that game and so then uh super mario uh three was a more advanced mario super mario Bros. so there there was four mario games that are on the nintendo entertainment system that i'm aware of zach can correct me because zach's better at knowing where how many games are on stuff <laughs> mario bros which came yep. out in 1983 super mario bros that came out in 1985 that sometimes or always got split with duck hunt yeah and pretty much uh yeah. always or no do you know uh, most of
1: the time there most there the are time. standalone cartridges but uh, it was bundled with the nintendo entertainment system after a certain point with duck hunt right. so the that is tends to be the most common cartridge
0: and then there's super mario brothers three two and then there's super mario right. brothers three uh two and three came out in 1988 together uh, one came out and then the another one came out immediately after
1: so just the the, the, the biggest difference uh, or the biggest thing that um, Seth would be missing, um, but most p- most people in America wouldn't know is that Super Mario Brothers 2 that we got in America is actually different than the one in Japan. Um, and this is kind of like common lore for people who are really into Mario Brothers. But in in Japan, they got Super Mario Brothers 2 closer to the recently, uh, re- release of the original Mario Brothers, and it played a lot like the original game, except it was a lot harder. Um, so when they were deciding to bring Super Mario Brothers 2 to America. They opted not to use the original one, and they did a graphical change to a already existing game in Japan called Doki Doki Panic, um, where they replaced the sprites with Mario characters um, and and just released that as Super Mario Brothers 2. And that was uh, and, and that's the version we got uh, we did eventually get the the original Super Mario Brothers 2 on on a cartridge for the Super Nintendo called Super Mario all-stars um, and there was a, a section of that game called the lost levels and the, that is the original Super Mario Brothers 2 Oh, um, I, didn't, as, I didn't know that yeah so um, uh, yeah the original Super Mario Brothers 2 uh, on the Famicom which is the Japanese name for the Nintendo is is pretty much like the original Super Mario Brothers, it's just incredibly difficult. Um, It is longer, and the levels make less sense. (laughs) Right.
0: And and for people's memories, um, just if you're trying to separate all the super mario brothers because i i sometimes have difficulty like separating the super mario brothers so super mario bros i hope that you yeah like the original one duck hunt or the second the first one and then the second one with duck hunt but mario brothers 2 super mario brothers 2 was the one with the turnips yes and The, like, jumping up on the platforms and the logs and the shy guys came into play in Super Mario Bros. 2 and those stupid toucan birds. Yes, around, yeah. Um, <laughs> and the pow button. Um, and, and you also can also play
1: you... as, like, Luigi and Peach and Toad, uh, which was kind of unique. You could play as these other characters who all had different abilities. Right. Uh, Luigi could jump higher, Peach could glide, Toad was Toad. And you, And you got
0: versus mode in it, too, didn't you? I think so, which yeah. Which was the first, because the POW button was there. You definitely got Versus Mode in 3.
1: In 3, you got Versus Mode, which was pretty much a, a version of the original oh, Mario just Bros. Just it yeah. out with
0: each other. Super Smash Brothers, essentially. Yeah,
1: yeah. it was like early Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> so the first Super Smash Brothers. And then Super Mario Bros.,
0: three for our, our audience is the one with the um the with mario on the cover in his like uh raccoon outfit flying raccoon yeah in, outfit. in japan
1: they're called tanuki but yeah it's a raccoon yes. um uh yeah he's wearing a tanuki suit with he has a, a little tanuki suit uh, yep yeah tanuki. he has the little tail yes the tanuki
0: suit um so that that's just so if you guys are um Wondering like what which one we're talking about. Oh, I'm just I'm looking at some screenshots for Super Mario Brothers two and I'm seeing the creature that shot the egg. Oh Birdo. To, like <laughs> to, like jump on the egg. Just, yeah, you had
1: to jump on the egg obnoxious. and then throw the egg at birdo Yeah. Yeah.
0: That, that guy was uh, an interesting boss for sure. <laughs>
1: imagine if imagine if we got that game instead of super mario brothers and we had that and, and zelda 2 well, <laughs> like, it we just had the games just, that were, oh no and just like got m- those like games. regular yeah
0: oh for the games that we grew up with or yeah yeah imagine
1: oh. if we got like super mario brothers 2 and zelda and 2 zelda and we just I had mean, the two weird sequels
0: yeah i mean i wouldn't put it past our parents um uh, Mario Brothers 3 I actually enjoyed because the the level selection was a map and you could kind of path out where you wanted to go instead of going in sequential orders. So you could be like, oh, I want to go to 1, level 2, maybe level 4, go to the hut, then go back and do level 3, or just go to level 2, then go to the castle. Like, you should do things sequentially, but it was cool that you were able to pretty much every zone figure out your own have some modicum of choice
1: yeah it uh, was so it, it, always good. it allowed for kind of different options on how you'd play the game and you can kind of play it differently um one time around versus the other and see kind right. of how you do
0: yeah i think it, it i think actually out of all the super mario brothers um i think three was probably my favorite uh favorite game out of them what about you zachary
1: out of all the super mario brothers i think three is also my favorite um it, it just offers more to the game the original didn't have and that two doesn't have um you know you don't have all the other characters like you do in two but you do have a bunch of new like abilities and stuff like that you know you can unlock the the, the 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 tail so that you can fly um i think you can get this one power that puts you in like a boot and you can like jump around uh so there's a bunch of different like um i think there's like a frog one that turns you into a frog yeah and you can, like hop around and stuff like that the, the, so there's a the and the boot. yeah and the boot yeah so there's a bunch of different like abilities and stuff and it kind of introduced what became like what i would call like the quintessential mario um where most mario games kind of took their inspiration from three going forward um and they took it less from the original you know in terms of power-ups and abilities now i'm just trying to i'm looking at
0: different stuff i was trying to get some trying to get some memories of mario brothers the original it looks like that was an arcade classic series
1: yeah, so and the original so, Mario Brothers was just a it was just an arcade game, yeah, and then it was brought over to the Nintendo as part of its arcade classic. Oh,
0: okay, play. okay, I gotcha. And then, um, and we would be remiss to talk about Mario without going back to the origins of Mario. Um, so That's So right. for our listeners, uh, Mario uh, came from Donkey Kong, um, the 1981 Donkey Kong arcade game, and he was a a named kind of referred to as jump man protagonist of the donkey kong game so donkey kong was the villain and he would climb up to the top with the princess and throw barrels and um mar you would play as mario jump man and you would climb up and try to uh get to the top um very similar i think it's kind of uh wreck it ralph kind of plays onto that where, yeah, Wreck It Ralph um, kind of uh, got, was inspired pays, by that. Yeah, yeah, pays homage to uh, o- homage. Yeah, homage to uh, Donkey Kong. Um, I think because uh, Wreck It would be Donkey Kong, and Fix It Felix would be uh, Mario.
1: And a cool fact about about Donkey Kong is that the whole design of Mario was entirely just based on limitations at the time in terms of graphics. Um, he was given a mustache so that they could have his nose be appear more prominent. Um, he was given a hat because um they didn't have enough pixels to work with designing his hair um and he was giving overalls because they wanted to show his arms moving and if his arms were the same color as his shirt you wouldn't see the arms moving so they gave him overalls to allow the the movement um and that kind of defined what we know as the image of mario mustache hat and overalls so it was it was all just because they had limitations in terms of the the, the color palette and the in the graphics that they were working with
0: and that that Limitation, actually, I think we miss out on that with modern games um, because that limitation has brought some iconic things that people don't necessarily know. Like f- the Fallout PC game, the original Fallout game, um, you have a blue vault suit. Um, if you're not a Fallout player, you're a survivor of post-apocalyptic world. We'll have an episode and go into the Fallout series. But um, you wear a blue suit. And the reason you wear a blue suit was because the producer of the game went to one of the designers and said, Listen, if you're not using this color blue, um, we got to get rid of it. We'll take it out of the spectrum that you can have. Because we have only so much of a limit of a supply of colors that we can actually use in the in the game because of the amount of space and stuff like that and so he's like okay and use blue to make all the suits for the vault suits and was like there you go now i'm using blue so then i can use it in other parts of the game so i always thought that was it's always interesting to find out about reasons why something is like that vault suit is iconically blue mario iconically has a mustache and a hat you, so i think that's it's interesting because those were brought on by limitations that they kind of stick with that character definitely
1: i mean it it, it it shows you just kind of the creativity of of game designers and programmers at the time that they had to work around these limitations in order to give something that was that was um playable and and that looked good sometimes you you can't work around your
0: time constraints or something and you end up with the game like et but that's a story from another
1: time yeah that's a story for our worst video games (laughs) (laughs) so there are also a couple of uh hidden gems on the nes that um seth and i didn't grow up with but I've, i've had the opportunity to play uh, later um one being sweet home which was originally released i was actually pulling that up it was originally released in japan back in 1989 by capcom um it's a role-playing game um that isn't like other role-playing games that were released at the time so sweet home is actually is, is based on a movie that was released in japan of the same name and it's about a group of uh teenagers who go to a house and they get locked inside and the house is haunted and they have to kind of figure their way out um and it it introduced a couple of really interesting mechanics that would later get used in future games such as resident evil and silent hill and um later later um role-playing games and other horror games uh one of the mechanics that was interesting that uh, at least shows up in other horror games and role-playing games of kind of the similar nature is in sweet home in, in most RPG games, when your character dies, there's a way to bring them back. Um, if someone in your party dies, you can, you know, Final Fantasy you get a phoenix down, and you, they you'll you'll bring them back. Um, in in Shining Force, I think you go to the church and you stay there mm-hmm. overnight and you bring right. them back. In Sweet Home, if you're if a party member dies, they are dead permanently throughout the rest of the game, and that's it. um And the only way to bring them back is if you have you have to restart the game from scratch. and that's kind of like a really interesting mechanic because um some of the characters have abilities that you need for progressing in the game like certain characters have certain items and stuff like that um there's a character who's a photographer and you need to use his camera to unlock certain things so you have to make sure you keep the photographer around or at least his camera around so that you know you can get through certain parts of the game so i think that's kind of a uh interesting way of uh of of playing an rpg um it was it was never released in america because uh rpg games weren't really super successful as capcom had hoped so they didn't see the point in bringing it over but there has been um unofficial fan translations you can you can um find on the internet uh the other game that i think is kind of a hidden gem is actually a more recent game it's called battle kid in the fortress of peril it was created by a company called civac and they released it in 2010 um and it's uh what you might call a homebrew for the for the nes um and it plays a lot like a flash game that was popular around the time called i want to be the guy which were this kind of uh hardcore of uh, of a sense uh game that was platformers but it was very easy to die it was one hit one kill sort of thing and it, it takes a lot of inspiration from that game and from games like Mega Man. Uh, it's just a fun fun platformer um very very difficult but not in a not in a unfair kind of way it's difficult in a in a very rewarding way so that when you get past you know certain levels you actually feel really good about it um and it is uh 10 years old which is kind of cool you know it's not it's not that old of a game um so you, you can pick that up off of uh i think their website has cartridges for sale still um That's- yeah, that's, that's that's interesting that
0: there's still some more recent NES games because all all uh, a cartridges is, is a plastic housing and then there's like a, a the game is like flashed onto a like almost like just a stick of ram or something. Yeah, like that. pretty
1: much yeah on a on an EPROM chip which is then put into the into the you know onto the onto a little motherboard of sorts.
0: Yeah. Um it's almost yeah and then the and then the um the the system the console interprets that and the uh controller goes into like an input and if you've actually opened up like a a nintendo enter the simpler the cartridge, the simpler the console the less complicated it is so like some of them are just plastic housing really and then maybe like a small chip or something like that and then the input the um the controllers would need input sections and it would have some a basic bios to be able to communicate you know to take your inputs and turn them into actions but beyond that it's there uh, it's interesting as we have migrated from cartridge based systems to um, cd oh, dvd systems essentially yeah
1: yeah no i agree
0: uh, and the games um, have gotten, uh, not necessarily better, but bloatier. <laughs> yes, yes, 100%. Um,
1: well, going going into the bloatier games, uh, is there any game that you're interested in, Seth?
0: Yeah, and actually. For, in terms um, of our weight Pass? weight Pass. So the weight Pass segment. Um, there's actually a game that I'm interested in because I saw it at PAX, actually. Um, so every year I go to uh, PAX. East, which is the Penny Arcade Expo? I go with a bunch of friends. Zach, if you're around this year, feel free to come on down with us. Um, you could check out a, a day or two there. Um, I'll be going. If anyone, if our, any of our listeners is going to PAX, uh, feel free to hit us up. Uh, we can meet up, um, and I'll be, uh, I'll be toting some, uh, at least my own personal merch. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> representing myself. But uh I there was a game that I saw either last year or the year before, it was last year because I still had the pamphlet um called Close to the Sun, which uh it is uh 1897 and deep in international waters a ship called the Helios stands stills And Helios was born of Nikola Tesla's vision as a haven of the great scientific minds a la bioshock and your journalists you play as journalist rose archer who step aboard the helios in search for her sister ada and discovers that it's not all that she seems and there's just the single ward quarantine painted on the entrance um so it's a uh, challenging puzzler, mature-type game. It looks like there's going to be some adventure. Uh, the tags in Steam are adventure, indie, gore, and violent. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> planned release date is 2020, so it's coming out this year. Um, it already has a 65 on a Metacritic, though I don't know actually if where that 65 would have come out on Um, since it, I don't think it released anywhere else, but anyway, I, maybe, maybe it's a port. I don't know. I, it's not out on PC. Um, according to Kotaku, uh, close to the sun is an indie Bioshock without the combat. Oh, Um, that's interesting. So maybe it looks like it's according to games radar. It's a little bit of Bioshock and a little bit of Soma. That kind of game is for me. I, I like a little bit of Bioshock and I like a little bit of Soma. Um, I'm going to put it on a wait. I, I don't think it's going to be a game that once it gets launched, I'm going to immediately grab up, but, uh, it definitely feels like it's for me. Um, I like, I like kind of noirish. I like kind of like dark horror type of games. I like the type of like abandoned vessels. I, you know, I like big ships because you know, I'm a Titanic guy. So yeah. like, boom, like it sounds like the, just the game for me. Um, so yeah, but, uh, uh, still uh, in I uh so we'll put on a wait. I it's got a lot of high expectations. I'm I'm not 100% sure it's going to fall through on them, but we'll find
1: yeah. out. Yeah. no, that's fair. It looks interesting from the screenshots I just pulled up. Yeah, so, definitely. Um, definitely what about you?
0: Keep what are what, is, what what's your game for the the byway pass
1: yeah so my my byway pass is uh is minecraft dungeons which is an upcoming dungeon crawler from mojang studios um it's uh developed by mojang and being published by xbox game studios uh it's it's part of kind of uh it's not necessarily the same as like standard minecraft it's not a building game it's not a crafting game um it's actually a dungeon crawler um, where the player will explore randomly generated dungeons filled with uh, monsters or as they're called in minecraft mobs m-o-b uh and um you'll have to like deal with puzzles and traps and finding treasure and um kind of just general uh dungeon crawling a la, um, some of the gameplay looks reminds me a lot of gauntlet legends for the n64 um oh okay yeah so uh, the player's um the the one difference that it is from most dungeon crawlers is that there's no class system so players can use any weapon or armor that they wish um but that kind of also means that you'll have to coordinate with anyone you're playing with to see who's better at what weapons and stuff like that you know you kind of have to create your own class in that regards Um,
0: right is it and it's that same like minecraftian um and graphics
1: yeah so it's it's all done to look kind of like minecraft it's actually built in unreal um so it's gonna probably run way smoother than minecraft has ever run in its life yeah. <laughs> but um it, it um looks like they're keeping kind of that same very pixely um, square everything square legos to almost graphics um right now i'm i'm at a kind of a weight pass on it not a full pass but um it, it It looks really, really cool. I just... I haven't gotten much strong interest in picking it up. So, like, it looks cool. I just don't know if if I'm going to get it. It might be one of those games that I see... You know, five years down the line, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I remember when that came out. I'll pick it up now." Sort of deal. Um, I, I might be wrong. I might pick it up sooner if it if I, I if it seems like it's doing really well, or if people are telling me, you know, got to pick it up, Zach. It's 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 great. Um, but right now, it's kind of I'm, I'm on a more of a you know wait pass of a, a pass. Of a, yeah, almost a full pass. A full um, pass. Yeah. I, we actually I don't think we've I don't think
0: we've actually this might be our first full pass on a game
1: yeah i don't think so i mean it, it again it looks like it's gonna be cool it looks like it's gonna be fun i don't i don't i'm not like expecting anything uh, of that out of the ordinary but it's just it's not right away like in the radar of games i want to buy so yeah, it, yeah. it's like out in that area of like oh that looks cool i'll get it eventually sort of deal right. like yeah. if i get it as a gift that'd be cool if i don't whatever <laughs> you know?
0: yeah yeah well you know it's fun is uh is you know but it's somebody might, who's listening might really like the minecraft genre or it may not know about something coming out or might be interested in a type of like gauntlet legends type game um or maybe looking for a party-ish game i guess yeah I guess. yeah does, if, it have, if, uh, does it have local co-op
1: it appears like it's going to have local co-op yeah
0: yeah local um, co-op's always good
1: and yeah and honestly if 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 you're into dungeon crawlers like uh um it it looks kind of like they're they're doing it more like you know like what i said uh, like gauntlet legends or um crawl is a more recent dungeon crawler i actually really like crawl um so if you're really into dungeon crawlers it might be for you um right now uh, i'm just not it's not in my um general which is fine Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah 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 so uh so that's 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 it for today um yeah i think so we we uh as always we have many ways that you can uh a listen to us b contact us and c support us so uh first off for a to what was it did i say contact us first so we (laughs) contact us through uh ClassicGamingBrothers at Mm -hmm. gmail.com. You can also comment, uh, you know, uh, send us messages on social media or uh, through either Instagram or Facebook. Um, You can uh, contact us. uh, Listen to us. You can listen to us on any number of uh, listening platforms. We fixed our Google Podcast issue. We had a minor issue with them, but that's been patched up and fixed um and we also went through and um we are now uploading to our youtube channel at classic gaming brothers feel free to subscribe there uh right now we're just doing raw audio from the podcast with a logo we're gonna do that for a while um but we may have some supplemental material that we're working on eventually that we'll put out um that may have some more visual stuff to our medium so maybe we'll yeah, do absolutely. like a, a 10 maybe a 20 minute video of going back to games that we talked about in the podcast and showing you either like Let's Plays or um, yeah screenshots and stuff like that and doing a different thing um there is just the well so there's just the two of us we have a third guy who's our our meme guy in chief our meme <laughs> poster our meme poster in chief i don't even know um so there's me and zach zach does all the technical work i do all the the front uh, the, the the marketing work as it were and uh then we have our our uh, this guy named josh who's our our meme poster um and then um, and that's the whole team so if we take on under any other projects uh, like a you like more dense YouTube video it's just gonna uh, we just need to get time to do production for it so there's that um and finally you can support us by liking everything ringing all of the bells <laughs> and uh, sending us an email um, we'll we'll still be collecting feedback for our, our giveaway um, and uh, we do now have some swag um we have a very limited run on stickers hopefully we'll be getting more and then uh, there is all of that. Um, so that's so. Remember, uh, don't play games like my brother,
1: and don't play games like my brother.
0: I've been Seth, and I've been Zach. And we've been the classic gaming brothers. That's right. <laughs> I just why why do we have even anything that's said at the end of that? <laughs> why do we even go back? Like like we just we're like very much like the final word type people just 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 <laughs> just end this thing. They don't want to hear us anymore. <laughs>